The Mavs lost. Pat Beverly, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. Not a fun night in Minnesota for the Mavs, but it is going to be a fun night on the pod as Austin is here. He's back. Friend of the pod. We're going to talk about the Mavs, uh, things we're worried about going to the playoffs, and a lot of other things. Coming up next on Lockdown Mavs. And this is Lockdown Mavericks Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome to Lockdown Mavs. This is one of your co-hosts, Isaac Harris, contributor to Mavs.com. And today I'm joined by the one and only one of the kings of Mavs Twitter. Austin, what's up, bro? Listen, I'm I'm just here to hate Pat Bev. You you invited me for a Minnesota game, and I was just like, I can't I can't take the opportunity. Pat Bev doesn't take any nights off, and neither do I. <laughs> I literally wrote. It's so funny you started with Pat Beverly. I literally wrote as one of my last notes. I was going to ask you at the very end of saying, are you are you in or out on Pat Beverly as the guy who's like, if he was on your team, would you like him, or is he one of the dudes who you're like, no, I wouldn't even like him if he was on my team. I think I think I would semi enjoy him on my team but as long as he doesn't have to play like 30 minutes a game if he, if i if i get to just like send him out there for like 20 minutes a game just to cause havoc perfectly fine but like i i would hate to have to rely on pat bev that, that's not yeah. a fun game to game experience for nine months of the season so guys like him i <laughs> I've, I've told bits and pieces of the story before on this pod but I never alluded to the exact player, I don't think, but I'll, I'll say the player now because he's gone. So one time I tweeted out in the middle of a game in the press box at Mavs game, I tweeted, I was like, Salah Mejri is one of the guys <laughs> that you love him when he's on your team. I was like, but if he was on the opposing team, you'd hate him. And this is obviously pre COVID when we could both be in locker rooms and <laughs> I walk in the locker room and Salah has his phone looking right at me. Says, what the F is this? And starts chewing me out in the <laughs> locker room. And, I, and he's like reading my tweet to me. And I'm like, hold up. That seven footer, like yelling at me. And so I had to do like damage control. I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean good by this. Like, I like that you're on this team. It's not that. And so anyway, it was a. It was a great, great moment there. I love that because that is absolutely something Salah would do. Like that, yes. he was there the first time I first year I covered the team, and I, I truly love Salah. That was honestly, I wish he was still on this team. If he was the third big on this team, they were, they would be great. Honestly, if they could sign him right now, I'd be like, great. Perfect. He might be able to shoot better threes than Maxi right now. Do we have to? Do we have to? Do we have to get into that? <laughs> no, we, we we can't. We can't. That that'd be too sad. Okay, today's pod, we're going to talk about the, this Minnesota game that was, gosh, whatever it was, and then we'll I'll ask Austin some bigger questions about biggest worry for this team going to the playoffs, uh, some Josh Green stuff, and then I'll ask him who he wants in the playoffs. Come, uh, I don't know, what a month from now, I guess Easter weekend. I think is like the round, like game yeah. one, round one. It's, so that's it's soon. That's coming up super, super quick. But real quick, we watched a game halfway together the other night. <laughs> <laughs> the, the funniest thing ever, I go to the Rockets game and I take my best friend who's from Houston and we go as fans together. And I was like, all right, so we set down our seats and lo and behold, 
right before the game starts, two people show up to sit right behind us, and it's you. Like, what, uh, <laughs> what, uh, what are the odds? I, I saw someone sitting in my seat, and I was like, oh, I'm like, it's so early. I'm like, I'm going to have to ask somebody to move out of my seat. And it was Nick. <laughs> yeah. Nick came down from his uh, press seat and was talking to us. <laughs> and Austin's like, I'm going to have to tell this guy, whoever this is, you got to leave. You got to leave. It's my seat. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to have to do this. That was one of the funnier surprises I've ever had at a Mavs game. I've never gone to a game and seen somebody in my seat, and then I knew the person. That was (laughs) Okay. All right. This game. I mean, if we just do the broader scope of this game outside of the Mavs just shot bad, and that was where it was. I mean, they would shoot 27% from three at at halftime. What did they finish the game shooting three? Uh, 34? No. <laughs> no. I don't 34 to be very generous. They, they finished. I was looking at Minnesota at first. Minnesota finished 34. They finished 23% from three in this game. Bigger picture or like bigger umbrella. What's the biggest takeaway from this loss? The biggest takeaway from the loss is like, I honestly, I don't think I would really like to play the Timberwolves in a playoff series. They mm. have a, they have a very good coach. They're really well coached and they're all big and long and they have a they have a lot of great defenders to throw at Luca and to throw at Brunson and didn't like they're they're not a team that I would actually be super excited to play if I had to strategize against them for seven games. I think in a regular season format, I think the Mavs can out I think Kid can out strategize Finch, but in a seven game series, it's honestly like that was like kind of confirming like I that's not a person I would want to see in the playoffs. They they have too much personnel for Luca and for their perimeter players than to my liking, honestly, compared to like a lot of the other Western conference playoff teams. If, if they've played Memphis in the first round as a two, seven matchup, like how, how many games is that going? And are are you, are you even entertaining like Minnesota coming out of that? I could see Minnesota coming out there. That's going like, I think at least six games, if they play Grizzlies, I think they match up very well. They have the, the Timberwolves have a lot of talent. They have a, they've been bad for a very long time, so they've got a chance to accumulate a lot of talent. Anthony Edwards, honestly, is not even – I think he's still dealing – he had some knee injury earlier in the season that he's still dealing with because he's not – he's still not as explosive as he, he's – He's not. I love I love him, and he had some moments tonight, but I'm like, you're not I, – I, I kept watching him saying, you're not where you can be at right now. He honestly – he's like a top five athlete in the NBA. That's why I could tell he's not – like where he usually is and you have him and then you have cat and they have just a lot of large six, eight dudes who can fly around and play defense. And Chris Finch is a really good coach. He's really coached them. They've been, they've been playing really good basketball after the all-star break. That's just not a team that I would want to face in a seven game series. And I think if they play the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies would have a tough time playing yeah. against them. They, they would, they, that's a really good matchup. I honestly, I, I really hope that's a two, seven matchup. That would be a, a phenomenal first round series i'm not gonna lie though if they played phoenix i would thoroughly enjoy beverly versus chris paul oh if they played <laughs> phoenix phoenix is winning but that it's just yeah like chris paul's gonna be mad the whole time and i love to watch chris paul be mad there would just be texts for days on it so you know i, I thought you're talking about the defenders i thought luca you know they the first time they played early in the week they start off with jared vanderbilt which i love vanderbilt by the way yeah. And this game, they kind of switched up a little bit. They put Edwards on Luke at the top at the beginning and let Vanderbilt kind of play help defense here and there. They also try to pressure Luca a little bit, you know, coming across half court, a little bit different than the first matchup. But 
it's like Luca when I should have looked this stat up. I was just lazy with it as far as like when Luca scores like 12 points in a quarter, like what's their record after when he scores that in the first quarter, but he didn't get that in the first. It was like towns had, I think 13 in the first, how, how dependent are the Mavs on a, like an explosive Luca first quarter? And are you worried whenever it doesn't happen? I'm, I'm worried if it looks like Luca's not scoring because he can't score. And that's kind of what happened when he plays the Bulls. Actually, Anthony Edwards is one of the few people who I think can actually legitimately guard Luca one on one. He's it, since he was a rookie, like when he guards him, he's one of the few perimeter players who's fast enough and also really strong and can like block off Luca's drives. And what the Wolves started doing, they basically just started just like sideline trapping Luca with Cat and the, the Sixers is a little bit, and th they were really successful, just like basically. Edwards would just go over the screen and push him all the way to the sideline and Cat would trap him on the sideline. And it really flushed. Mm -hmm. him. He did, honestly, he didn't really have an answer for it tonight until like the second half. And so it was a little concerning. Typically when that happens, he finds a way to get other guys open and get guys open shots. And he did that. They just had one of those nights where they shoot 4% from the three point <laughs> line. And yes, that's happening. Like that's, they're just, they just came from basketball games, but that's, that is the kryptonite of this team. If you, if you do have the defenders, to trap and fluster Luca in the pick and roll, and the guys can't hit shots, then they don't really have another gear that they can go to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who I'm drawing the blank of the team who I feel like I talked about it for two straight pods that ran zone on Dallas and really threw him off. And it just kind of put them in a funk and they didn't adjust in the game. Luca couldn't get the, the pick and roll going. Then it's like they were overpassing and, you know, passive. Even, you know, Brunson said they were passive after that game. But it is, you know, when the shots aren't falling and Luca isn't hitting, you know, Luca isn't putting up 35. You're like, all right, well, where's the offense coming? And we had the duo performance of Dinwiddie and Brunson the other night. And tonight, you know, they, they struggled a little bit in this game. You know, they, they only had 11 points each for both of them. But for Dinwiddie, he had that stretch in the second quarter to where he went on like an 8-0 run by himself. I not to do the whole trade conversation again, but now that we are over a month since the Porzingis Dinwiddie trade, are you just like, holy crap? Where were you at when that happened? Like, as far as like, where were you at on that trade when it happened? Were you as positive? I was pretty dang positive when it happened, but like, where were you in that the camps of what are we doing? Uh, we'll see how it works, or this is a great thing. It was. It I think it was just shocking to me because I just did not expect a KP trade whatsoever. And I was just like, okay, look, if they did this trade, they're, they're doing it because they're trying to acquire another player. And I was like, and I, I actually really liked Emily a lot. And so I was just like, okay, well, I'll, I'll wait and see how this works. But I was a person who really wanted KP to work. I really liked KP. I thought mm. he really made this team work and he made their defense work and he opened up a lot of things when Luca was on the floor, but I honestly I became a quick believer in the trade. <laughs> yeah. like it, took, it, took, it, took, <laughs> it took like two games. And I was like, oh no, that was okay. That was a, that was a great trade, and I'm I think Dinwiddie just provides a service that they just didn't have before. I think my my honestly my only criticism of the trade is that they couldn't swing a second trade to get another big man i think yeah. that was my initial response i was like okay this is a good trade you trade kp you got this good point guard and then you have a kind of a wild card in, in Bertans. 
but I was expecting a secondary trade. You're like Miles yeah. Turner is coming. Miles Turner or Rashawn Holmes, some, somebody, some other like kind yeah. of above average NBA center is coming to kind of bolster the center line because they don't have a good center rotation right now. They just have it's just Powell and Kleber and they're doing their best. As honestly, one of the strange things is that like I think they would be much better off had they just kept Willie Colley Stein on the roster. Ooh. And he was healthy and they could play now because he would actually be a really nice serviceable third big that they would need right now that can play those mids and that can defend. And and he's good for the scheme that kid ran. And I think if they still had if they still had Willie Colley Stein, I think it would be they would be in a much better position in the playoffs because he provides a service and a defensive service that they don't really have right now. Philly like letting him go to San DeAndre Jordan. Like I don't I don't understand that. What what world? What is DeAndre bringing I, over Willie Cauley Stein at this point? But st- stand on that Dwight point real quick. I feel like he's because I was in the same camp as you. Is like, all right, they're going to bring in, in in another big somehow right before the deadline, and they didn't, and they fully leaned into this small ball switchy. Dwight's are going to be our main guy. He can run the pick and roll with Luca, and we'll just like that's our bread and butter put shooters around it and we'll roll with it and bigs will torture us down low. But you know what? We're we'll outscore them with our outside shooting and all that. But like Dwight honestly has surprised me over the past few weeks. I'm like, dang, you're actually playing pretty good basketball. And even in this game, it was super weird. He picks up his fifth foul on the, um, the Beverly flop, <laughs> which they shouldn't have challenged it. I'm like, no. why don't we challenge this? Because it was, it was an made- awesome performance from Beverly. Just <laughs> honestly, that was, <laughs> I had to give it to him. I was like, that was that was quite the performance. Got up, flexed, like sure, sure, bro, flexed to the crowd. But Dwight, when he left the game with five fouls, I thought he was. I mean, he was one of the only sources of offense. He led the. He was leading the team in offense or in points for a decent chunk of the game. Obviously, Luca finished with twenty four in this game. He was the second leading scorer at thirteen. I thought he was playing well. He scored in the paint. It's weird that when he checked out of the game it's like the team checked out of the game. It's like, all right, well, they didn't, they couldn't get anything going. Has your opinion changed about Powell any over the past few weeks or is he just what he is? I think, I don't think my opinion changed on him. I think Jason Kidd is the best coach for him. And he's really just, I, I honestly watching this year, I'm like, I feel bad that he played for Carla for so long. And that like, <laughs> Carla just didn't put him in the best position. That about 95% of players. Yeah. It's just like, Carla just didn't put him in a good position. Like he, he's not as bad of a defender as, as we thought that he was. And it, it turns out it's because it was the scheme that he was playing in. He's been a good passable, like big man defender. He can be overpowered. He's not a traditional, like sturdy five man, but like, He's not just some sort of just like complete like defensive liability. And I think yeah. kids put him in the situations where he can play high, he can be active, he can do the things that he does well. And he's a great role man. He's not only a great role man, he is a really intuitive screen setter and a really intuitive passer. When he gets yeah. he grabs the ball in the short roll, like he can make quick reads, he can read the defense really easily. And he can take two or three dribbles and make a layup. He made it a couple of tough layups tonight yeah. where he can dunk the ball. He just he has enough fluidity as a center that it's really useful for Luca, especially when he's being double teamed. It really is like the perfect situation for him to where kind of like on a bigger scale, the discourse of like when Draymond entertained leaving Golden State 
and like, oh, what if, what if he takes his huge money deal in Detroit back when he could be a free agent? It's like, would he be what he would be on another team? And I would worry about Dwight if they just like put Dwight on another team out there. Yeah. And you're like, all right, well, you don't have Luca, you don't have this offense, you don't have all of this, what he would be at that point. But all right, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back because I got gonna ask Austin about uh about Josh Green. This pod is brought to you by Built Bar. It's that time of the year that uh we need to be eating some more built bars. Austin, we literally talk about built bars all the time, so bear with me on this. It is actually pretty good. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out. Puffs are the first first protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy marshmallowy bar. They're just a protein bar. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. Go to built.com, scroll down the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calories, high fiber, low carb. 130 calories for an average built bar. Anyway, they have a ton of flavors. We've talked about them before on this podcast. Uh, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. The list goes on. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And this is brought to you by Bet Online College Basketball. Man, Austin, did you fill out a bracket? I did not. And That's I wish smart. I had St. Peter's. That's smart. We're all, we're all PFFLs. We're Peacock fans for life. <laughs> And uh, just cheering them on. I don't know if you guys want to bet on the Peacocks in the next round, but you know what? It sounds a lot of fun. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, player props, you name it. It's the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all leagues this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, Josh Green, I have read the, the amount of times that I've read Austin tweets on this pod. I'm like, all right, Austin said this in the game about Josh Green, and I want to I read this real quick because I think it's really good observation about Josh Green because you look at his like tra- trajectory, however you want to say that. I struggle with that word. And didn't play last year for Rick. Shocking. And... <laughs> <laughs> and now he he's actually like playing and he's getting some minutes. What's like, what is Josh Green's role in this team? Like, how are you even viewing him as a fan media? How should we view him? He is honestly one of the most confusing basketball players I have ever evaluated or tried to judge in the NBA. He's, he has a very unique skill set and it's very valuable. He's, Superb athlete. He's a great off-ball defender. He's a pretty good on-ball defender. He has great basketball vision and basketball instincts. He just cannot get to his spots with his handle, and he cannot finish. And so typically players who have, like, great vision and are great passers can get to the rim and can draw the defense and can kick out and draw attention. He somehow still creates great passing vision and great, great, like, great passing lanes without – being able to be like a high level finisher or a high level, like two point score. Yeah. I actually, there's people like discuss like his three point shooting a lot. And I actually don't think that's really like the issue for his game. He's, a, he's a decent three point shooter. He's, he's made a pretty like decent amount of his like corner threes this year. He's just not a very good finisher at the rim. And that's mm-hmm. really the real default in his game is that he's not a consistent finisher at the rim, even though he's a great athlete. But I think what he provides is, he has an extra gear that no one else on this team has. They don't have a lot of elite 
athletes on this team. He's one of the few people who just get on there and he can just go out. He's He can go compete with Anthony Edwards in a game and it's not a problem. Yeah. And so if they play Utah in a playoff series, he's going to be the guy who needs to defend Donovan Mitchell for a lot of possessions and create extra possessions and create extra just chaos when he comes to the game. He's he is like a an eight ball anytime he comes to the game. You kind of just shake him up and kind of figure out what am I going to get like a lot of good, like positive um, possessions because I, we have him on the court. And for the most part, he does that. I think he's slumped a little bit lately. He's I think he's still trying to kind of really find his way and trying to figure out how he how he can be a high level NBA scorer. Yeah. But his defense is legitimate and his rebounding is really valuable. And they just do not have anybody who can guard quick, fast guards um, on the perimeter. And I think he's going to be very valuable, especially to play Utah come, come playoff time. He He's a good offensive rebounder, not the Dorian's level. Now, Dorian is like the king of offensive rebounds, but he is a good offensive rebounder. He's always fighting. He's always trying to tip it out. That he He is so... I'm with you on like, he's so confusing and I, I just don't know what his like future is because there's times that I, I've made the, the comp of he's the high school running back to where, you know, you're, you're in, you're on the high school basketball team, but the high, but you're, you're like football running backs on the team too. And he's the guy that like the coach puts in and you just unleash him and he's just going to bounce off people. He'll he'll probably double dribble a few times, but he's going to make a crazy block and he's going to make a pass and you're like you're just an athlete out there. And he had a play even towards the end of the game tonight that he drove in Boban was in the game. Yes, he, that he, was crazy. Like what what is that? <laughs> it's like the John yeah, like 360. 360 yeah, 360 pass like in the air. I'm like no one else can do that. He just has a skill set that no one else can do. Yeah, and it's, it, it was like so smooth, and I think he's the second best passer on the team. I was joking to Bobby Corrala the other day. I was like, Bobby, Josh Green is the blank best center on the team, and he joked and said first. But it's like I think there could be a like a world to where like he's running like the pick and roll as the roller, and I just I don't know what his future is but it's fun and he's doing more than what I thought. And I think come playoff time, like I, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the season, will Josh green be in the playoff rotation? I'd said, no way. I just, I'm like, there's yeah. not. And now I think he like legit is. I think he's going to be like the eighth man, especially with Tim out. I yeah. think he's going to be the eighth man with, you know, Maxi and Dinwiddie coming off the bench, which is, it's just crazy to think about. I always, I used to call him a uh, wing Dwight Powell. <laughs> that's good that's if, good if Dwight Powell was six five and just like you just let him just do whatever on the and like could shoot the three a little bit better he's kind of like Dwight Powell but just on the wing he just he <laughs> makes he has good basketball hygiene he just like knows how to play basketball knows where to be knows where to cut has good instincts and you just kind of have to let him if you let him play a lot of minutes generally good things happen he has he always has a very good plus minus and most of the games that he plays in yeah, and I just I think don't look gonna, at it tonight. But most games. It, yeah, tonight don't. <laughs> <laughs> he was on, he was one of the people who made a thrill tonight. So, he, <laughs> but I That's I true. think in the playoffs he's gonna he's gonna make a difference, which I wouldn't have said at the beginning of the season. Speaking of the playoffs, what's your biggest worry about this team come playoff time? Try to take matchups out of it for a second. We'll talk about matchups in a second. But your biggest worry about this team going into the playoffs. I, th I think, I mean, it's the word that we all have with this team. It's just 
if they go cold from the three-point line. Like, they they have to make shots. Yeah. This team is not built to not make three-point shots. They have to – I mean, Jason had said it multiple times. And they did a pretty good job for it. They were sh- shooting the lights out for over, like, six weeks, and they've gone cold recently. But Bullock has to make threes. Dorian has been making threes, but he's he's got to make threes if he doesn't make threes in a series. If he goes cold for three or four games, like, that's – that's how they'll get bounced early in the first round is guys going cold for multiple games. Also, Maxi has to just he has to get his group back. Because yeah, it, at this point, I like I I think I tweeted today. I was like, I almost just like wish he could just play a GB game for like just one game and just score 40 and get his just get back into a rhythm. I think he's just in his head so much at this point that he just needs to have one game where he just goes four for five from three yeah. and like gets back into a rhythm. And it's, I think he, he's a big thinker and you can see it because now he's starting to get skittish to shoot. And oh, I think yeah. that's why he played a lot towards the end of this game today, even though it was garbage time. But he hit that one three and Mark follow us says, all right, that's exactly what he needed. He's, he's seven of 47. Since I was like, oh my gosh, it's 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 been a long season. Like now, I'm just like, hey, I'm, it's a miracle if he hits a three. And he was a he was a good three point shooter. He was good last yeah. year. He was honestly pretty good to start the season. He was like pretty solid. Like he's open. That's a, a good knockdown three. It's just he's just lost his confidence, and they need that because they need also if they they play Utah, they need a, a big that's going to stretch out Gobert. Otherwise, yeah. we're going to need a lot of bird hands in the playoffs. <laughs> We haven't seen him in a bit. He's had that right knee soreness for a little bit. I'm like, all right, you can't. Uh, we're gonna need you to be a flamethrower. We need you to come in and hit a couple threes in a playoff series so we can all freak yeah. out about it. Um, okay, let's look at the playoffs. So right now they lose this game to Minnesota. Really unfortunate because Utah also lost tonight. And you're like, dang it, we could have like stayed ahead of them. So at one point during the game, Dallas had moved up to four. Then the game ended and they lost. So now they've moved back down to five. Obviously, the big matchup on Sunday, Utah back in town uh, playing the Mavericks. But realistically, now Memphis has a three-game lead over Golden State. Let's just say they stay at two. And so Golden State, Utah, Denver, out of those three, which of those three do you not want to see? I don't want to see Golden State. I don't want to see okay. healthy Curry, Clay, Draymond. I mean, how many how many playoff series in the last six years have healthy Curry, Clay, and Draymond lost? I, sure. I, it's maybe maybe one. It's just that final series of the cat. Like, I don't want to play them. They have way more playoff experience. They know how to play in a playoff series, and all three of them together in a, in the playoffs. That's just I don't I don't want to do that. I. I don't trust this team to, to be that team that has so much playoff experience. Like they have, it's crazy. They have like a lot of playoff games together. I, don't, I think people are really underestimating how much they have played together in big games and how much that's going to really help them. If they're all healthy in the playoffs, they've played hundreds of playoff games together and won big games all the time. I, that's not a team I want to see. And, and it's, you know, I've obviously saw the stat that was thrown out when, Clay came back, Draymond came back, and all three of them on the floor. And like this is the first game they played together in so many, you know, so many months or whatever. And then they yeah. play one game, and they're like, "Oh, well, that streak ended." Well, if there's a if there's a three man group, if there's a trio that I would bet on having it together and the chemistry together, and knowing where they're gonna go, 
their yeah. like first game back because it looks like Steph's probably gonna be out the rest of the regular season. We'll see how he feels going to the playoffs. It's that it's those three guys because they played together for so long and they played in so many big games, playoffs, finals, everything together. That I'm with you on that. I I was kind of teetering between them and I don't want any of any bit of Jokic either in a playoff series. I was kind of going back and forth between them only because you know Steph's injury. And I'm like, all right, if he's like 30%, if he's just like kind of have 50% out there, but still, I think I'd put Golden State um, third on that list. So <laughs> this leads to us both probably agreeing on this. The team you want in the playoffs, it's Utah, I guess, right? So I actually have a kind of a, a strange take on this. Oh, you're going to say Denver. I emotionally want Utah because I want to break Utah. Like I think, I think if they if they go in there and they beat Utah, like they're breaking up that team. And I, but the, I, the bench for the Mavericks said a lot of things to Rudy, and they will not. Of course, they won't talk to him in a playoff series. It's time to be rude to Rudy. I'm ready. I'm ready to. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to beat them in a playoff series. Have them be so mad, and the team has to break up. That would be so so satisfying for me. I truly want to play utah just to beat them like Maz fans would if Maz fans would like roast rudy so bad until he became a maverick in the offseason yeah no yeah <laughs> it would honestly it would be so bad that he gets traded and he'd, be the trade. <laughs> and he'd probably come to dallas to be like a rim roller for luca and defend but, the like, i honestly think that like honestly i think dallas would beat denver in five I, I I honestly in five. Yeah, I, I think, love this confidence. I think they would just be Denver in five. Denver is not ha- does not have an answer for for the Mavericks. I I know like Luke. I know that the Jokic is great. I love Luke. I think Jokic is a, the one of the top three players in basketball right now. Yeah, but like what they're gonna put Monte Morris on Luca? They're gonna put Austin Rivers, Aaron Gordon. They, they got Aaron Gordon. I'm like they don't have anybody to guard Dallas. Like they're. They, I know, like we, we can use Jokic, but they Compazzo, like they don't have the guys. They don't have they don't have the ammo to go in a series against Dallas. They, honestly, Denver has not like even when they're healthy, even when they had Jamal Murray, Dallas has always played Denver really well. Luca plays Denver. Look at all of his games against Denver in the regular season for the last two or three years. He always dices them up. He every single game he plays phenomenal. They play like really bad high traps against him, and he just destroys them. Honestly, I, if they played Denver, they would be Denver in five. It honestly would not be a, a series that I would even really sweat. I think they would have a Dang. lot. So you much, want Denver? See, I haven't heard this too much. I like it. I think like people are just like thinking that like Denver is some sort of like stout defense in the playoffs that they're gonna just lock up. Like I, I just like how are they gonna defend the Mavericks in in a, in a seven game series? They're how are they gonna defend Luka? They they don't. Yeah. They've never done it. Even even when they had Porter and Murray and they had all of their guys. They have not been able to do it. And I'm just like, I don't really think you guys can do this. And would that be the only matchup that you would take Dallas's supporting cast over the opposing one? Honestly, I think I would take you uh, Dallas supporting cast over Utah's. Over Utah's? Okay. I Utah, they don't have anybody they can defend. They just like, they got like one guy. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, he's deep. Royce O'Neal is going to have a long, it's a long series. It's going to be a long series for Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal is like, he's a, he's a good NBA defender, but like, it's just him. It's like, that's, that's it. Like, at least the matter, I'm like, okay, we have Dorian, we have Reggie, we have Josh Green. And yeah. They, okay. It really Trey Burke. Trey, uh, Trey, obviously Trey Burke. <laughs> 
But like they have guys that can throw out there that, that can, can defend in a playoff series. So if they get you, I would I want to play Utah because I I want to beat Utah and I want that satisfaction of being Utah. That would just also oh, yeah. the kind of the symmetry of Luka getting his first playoff series win against Utah versus Dirk getting his first playoff series against Utah. That would be really fun. Oh, that's good. I didn't think about that. That's, yeah. That's also, crazy. Dirk ended like the Carmelone, John Stockton, Jazz. Luca ending the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert jazz. That would just be a perfect symmetry. That's I really just want it just for that. I just I honestly just want to blow up that team. Mitchell's I, I like, want, I'll sacrifice myself just to blow this up. Yeah, I want Luca to be the Grim Reaper. I want people to be like, yeah, we don't want to play Luca. Like we played Luca, and then our team just blew up after that. So let's say they 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 play each other in a four or five. They beat the Jazz. So then they would go against the winner of like, let's just say Phoenix. Where like you're playing Phoenix in the second round. Does the I mean, does it depend on what happens in that first round series for you to even think about predicting the second round, or if you or are you like, mm, I think it kind of it might end there. That's where the loss tonight is bad because I was like, I want them to move to three if mm. so they could not be in the Phoenix bracket. Phoenix is good. Like I, I know because if you move into if you finish three, then you're you're playing Memphis or Minnesota or whoever in that second round. It's like yeah, that, like. I would take that a million years over Phoenix. I would love to do that. I would love to play Memphis. I would love to play Minnesota. I would love to play – even I'd rather play Golden State. I don't want to play Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix is a buzzsaw. They just – they do what they do. They don't make mistakes. They don't have weaknesses. They don't have things Mikhail like Mikael Bridges, love Mikael. They, there's nothing – like, I'm just like, okay, well, we can just – hopefully we play good basketball and they don't nuke us in the crunch time. But, like, I think they actually – they match up against Phoenix well. Like they can play them well – and it'll be they'll have a lot of close games, but I could see them losing in five, and it's five games that go into crunch time, and mm. Phoenix just like nukes them in crunch time because they just have more guns, they have more ammo than the Mavs do. Phoenix is good. I I honestly I think people are like are underestimating yeah Phoenix. They're like far and away the best team in basketball. Mm. Ooh, in basketball, even yeah, the they're they're far and away the best team in the league. Like they, I think they're far and away the best team in the West. I like the, I think they're in a tier to to themselves. I don't, I just don't know what to make of the East and Miami's losing and like I I don't know. But I don't I don't trust any, I think the East is really interesting in that they have a lot of really good teams. I think I mean, now that Kyrie's going to be playing in the full playoffs, they're going to be the East is going to have a lot of really good competition, but I don't think any of them have the cohesiveness of the Suns. The Suns just they just know who they are. They just there's no questions like no one has any like Oh, like, can they do this? Like, do you have a criticism of the Suns? Like, do you have a like a, a downside? Like, I, I haven't. I've yet to hear a good one. For Even like Javale McGee is their backup big. Like that was their it's biggest great. thing last year. Is like, oh, they don't have any backup big. It was like Kaminsky or whoever. And it's like McGee is a great backup. I would love to have Miss Bismack Biombo would play a lot of. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. play a lot of minutes on this team. They they have a, a just a stable of really good bigs, and they have great wings who can shoot who can defend they have two guards who can score and get their own shot anytime and they all know their role they all get along their team has great command they have a great coach they just they don't have any weaknesses my my only thing is like i hope they flame on the playoffs just so that like sarver messes up the eight in relationship because i would love for them Ooh, to yeah. I, I think the eight in relationship is honestly the most interesting offseason piece because i would say he's going to be a son next year at like 50 50 oh that's good because it's probably yeah, if he goes somewhere, it's a sign and trade, and I would like to see him next to Luca though. That'd be he, a lot of fun. 
I call him, I've started telling people he's just generational Dwight Powell. <laughs> if you gave Dwight Powell just generational size, strength, ability, like better shooter, better defender, just you took Dwight Powell and you just literally just like enhanced all of his skills, you would have Dwight, DeAndre. He's the Dwight Powell version of David Robinson. Yeah. No, that, <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's a pretty good like summation of like what he is, and I, he'd be the perfect like center combo for Luca. Okay, we can't pay all those guys. Last very important question here. So there was a picture that came out on Twitter of you, Tim Cato, and I think someone someone else is in the picture, and you all all wearing the same sweater. What what is what is the background of this sweater? I want it was for some like maybe the Super Bowl, some gathering oh, that y'all yes. had together. Oh no, you know it was did y'all plan this? Did y'all go shopping together? Was it like, hey, we're going to HM? Do you like what size you have? All right, cool. Like, how did this happen? This first of all, Tim has a lot of clothing that is similar to my clothing, but <laughs> this was after the Cowboys loss in the playoffs. I okay. now I remember what picture. Oh, this is it. Okay, this is in my apartment. So where... definitely not the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not something the Cowboys are very familiar with. <laughs> this is right uh, at the end of that Cowboys playoff game where they blew it, and we were all very upset. And mm. my girlfriend caught a picture of all of us just being mad online all at the same time. We we did not. That was actually not planned. We all just went to go see this game at the bar and then walked back to my place and found out we were all wearing the same sweater. It was it was a little embarrassing. It's it's not it's not a great moment. It's not it's not one of the high moments of my life, especially because the Cowboys just always kind of just make it worse. I would say if the Cowboys won, it would have been a cool moment. You're like, hey, we're all wearing the same sweater. If so- the Cowboys had won, the photo wouldn't have been taken because we would have been happy. But there was <laughs> we had pure misery because again, that's all I didn't even know they could make me feel miserable like that again, but they somehow found a way to do that. <laughs> okay. Had to say that one for the, for the last one there. It's the <laughs> best <was> question. <laughs> best question of all. Uh, Austin, man, thank you so much. Guys, you can follow obviously if you're a Mavs fan, you're probably finding following austin already on twitter at gruya g-a-r-o-o-y-a it's on the youtube channel you can see it there it's in the podcast description austin i appreciate it bro let's watch a game together again in person and let's do it <laughs> side on, by side bros. <laughs> on purpose this time <laughs> and i'm sure we'll, we'll talk again sometime before the playoffs appreciate it bro all right bro sounds good